Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking with Representative Loretta Sanchez, a California Democrat who chairs the House Armed Services Subcommittee on Terrorism, Unconventional Threats and Capabilities, and sits on the House Homeland Security Subcommittee on Emerging Threats, Cybersecurity, and Science and Technology. Thank you, Congressman, for joining us. My pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you. You chair a subcommittee that deals with the threats on our nation, including its cybersecurity, as well as sit on another panel that addresses homeland cybersecurity. What worries you the most about defending the military, government, and key national IT infrastructures, and what can Congress do about that? Well, probably a couple of scenarios that worry me. One would be, for example, a run on our money system. Let's say we all woke up one day and went to the ATM and no money came out and there was zero dollars in your check account. Guess what? You would panic. Everybody would panic. All of a sudden, yeah, everything would go crazy in the United States. That would be from the non-military sort of situation. What could somebody do to us? The second one would be our soldiers in the field, wherever they might be. We're in 120 different countries in the world right now doing all sorts of different things, including two major wars. Imagine if they use a lot of technology. Instead of having the soldier in the field unable to understand what's going on around him and where the enemy is, for example, that is all now beamed to him through electronics. Imagine if somehow somebody hacked into the system and was able to give a dark field to our soldiers in the field. That would be a difficulty for them. Or getting into the computers of the FAA and eliminating all of our airspace ability to understand what's going on in airspace and inability to communicate back and forth with the 56,000 planes that are up in the sky every day over the United States. These are some of the scenarios that I worry about. What can Congress do about it? I've been the head of cybersecurity now for about a month at the subcommittee that we have, and I've probably had about three hearings on it. The first one was from the private industry to talk about what needs to happen. And one of the ideas they had was that, you know, we develop cyber in a sense, the Internet in particular, because of DARPA. We developed it through the Defense Department, and we sort of, as we've come across or we've stumbled upon new things that we can do, we sort of just added that on. And so as people have hacked into our systems, we sort of band-aid, did a band-aid job on stopping these people. So one of the things that one of these uh, guys said was, you know, maybe we have to sit back and say, this is a complete new branch of science, and let's really make it a field of study, let's do real research, and let's figure out if maybe the system we've been using, maybe it's not the correct one. Maybe there's a tighter system, there's standards we can set up, and there's a whole body whose only job it is is to anticipate ahead of time rather than to do the Band-Aid job after the fact. And so we're really taking a look at that to see if that makes sense. In his confirmation hearings, uh, to be director of the National Security Agency as well as the Military Cyber Commander, Army Lieutenant General Keith Alexander testified that Defense Department computers receive hundreds of thousands of probes each day from outsiders, including other nations. How safe are defense and military computer systems, in your view? At this point, they're still safe because, believe it or not, we actually have the best hackers within our Department of Defense. Not only are we trying to stop hackers from getting into our system, but we're constantly also trying to devise how to hack into other systems. So we have a big body of people who actually do this. And then, of course, this is also going on in our research institutions and in our public universities, like CLA, for example, or UC Irvine. So we have the smartest people, and we have the best people 
working on this. But there comes a point where that may not be enough. So there are lots of people hacking in, some more problematic than others, and we need to have the right laws on the books, and we need to have the right defenses to go after these people, but we also need to just make better systems. So it is a concern. We're at this point okay, but getting to that point where there's just too much of it going on and it's just getting too strong, to tell you the truth. You mentioned the right laws. You're a lawmaker. What are some of the right laws that should be enacted? It's a difficulty. It's a difficulty. For example, we do not have enough local law enforcement who respond to cyber attacks. For a government computer, for example, we have plenty of laws on the books. They're pretty broad. We can actually get a hacker and we can prosecute them. If someone breaks into your own personal email, it's a little bit more difficult to go after them. And so we really have to look at the laws at each of the state levels and also at the local jurisdictions to give law enforcement more capability to go in and to figure out when the attack is fresh because that's at the point where we can trace it back easier than if we have to get it up to the FBI a month later. Looking at our nation's defense on cybersecurity, I know you have an interest in possible threats coming from Vietnam. Representative Randy Forbes, a Virginia Republican who chairs the Congressional Chinese Caucus, has called for the House Armed Services Committee to hold hearings on cyber attacks originating from China on the military IT. Do you think such hearings should be held? Remember that if we held such hearings, they probably wouldn't be in full focus in out in the open. These are highly sensitive matters. We get briefed on them even before I was cybersecurity queen, if you will. We would have hearings and briefings for all the membership here in the House once in a while to discuss some of the attacks that had happened, whether it was from China, North Korea, or quite frankly, sometimes even some of our allies hacked into our system. So everybody's doing hacking out there. If a member wants to know about it, they can. They can get the information that they need, but more importantly, If we were to hold hearings in this committee or in a joint with the Intelligence Committee, it would probably have to be behind closed doors. Do you think it would be valuable if they were behind closed doors? Well, I will tell you that since I've become the chairwoman, I've asked for the person who handles this on Intel here in the House of Representatives, the person who handles it on Commerce and Energy Committee, the person who handles it on Homeland, the person who handles it on the Appropriations Defense Committee, to all sit down and with me and have a meeting about what each and every one of us is worried about, looking at what we've done from our end, and to see what's falling between the floorboards, because there's a lot of that going on. And, you know, they all looked at me and they said, you know, this is the first time we're ever going to do this. First, we have to decide what's the body of work that we really have, and then we have to decide as chairmen of the subcommittees that we're going to work together. Then we have to figure out what if and what the Senate has done and, of course, what the new cybers are over in the administration is doing. So I think that hearings for the membership, meaning the Congress, just the normal Congress members who don't deal on this a day-to-day basis, would be good. But I think, first and foremost, I'd like to know what the heads of these committees have done, what these committees have done before we go and, and begin to try to educate the rest of the membership. Former National Intelligence Director Mike McConnell contends that we lose a cyber war if one were to occur. But when House Cybersecurity Coordinator Howard Schmidt dismisses talk of a cyber war, what do you stand on the potential of the U.S. being involved in a cyber war? Let me say that we have the most systems to be attacked. We have the most people 
the biggest economy, the biggest framework, both from a defense and a private sector and the public agencies like Homeland and law enforcement that we have. So to the extent that cyber warfare is an asymmetrical sort of insurgent sort of terrorist type of thing versus a conventional warfare, I would say yes, we have the most to lose because we have the most to lose. We have many more systems. And remember also that you're only as good as your weakest link. Your weakest link is an individual user. And that individual user, if he's not using the password, if he's leaving his password around, that's an entryway into a multiple group of cyber networks. For example, I might have a government defense computer that's very tight. People are using their passwords, etc. Then I have a contractor, a defense contractor, who's got a program to interface with that defense computer. And then he may have taken his laptop home and worked on the stuff and left his account open. And his kid gets on there, and his kid emails something from there into his own, let's say, Yahoo account. All of a sudden, that relationship can enable a state government like China or somebody else to go into this kid's Yahoo and make the connection to go into what ultimately is our Department of Defense computers. We have the most to lose. We have the most openness to our system. And so it just depends what type of cyber attack it would be. Just want to switch gears just for a moment. You sponsored legislation to study cybersecurity insurance. What is cybersecurity insurance and what are its potential benefits? One of the things that we know about insurance is that because of financial incentives with insurance, people modify their behavior. You know, if I can put in a fire alarm and I can put in a, a security firm to watch my house, etc., then my insurance policy is going to be lower on an annual basis. I'm going to start to change my behavior. So insurance is one of those ways in which we can incentivize, if you will, people to change their behavior. Again, I go back to this whole issue of the weakest link is the individual user into a system. So I think that cybersecurity insurance is an unexplored market, that it has benefits that we still don't know, and so that we should take a look at it. Insurance companies also are better than most of us in being able to assign risk to situations, and so if we did study this, I think we'd get more information about the risks involved and about how to use insurance in order to modify people's behavior. Do you see this as just something for individual citizens, or is this something that could be somehow used in business? I could see it not only happen with respect to individuals, but I could also see it happening with respect to private companies. Well, thanks, Congresswoman. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. I've been speaking with Representative Loretta Sanchez of California. I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.